0: Welcome to the Floodcast and I am your host, Anna-Michelle Igomo, and this is my safe space where I talk about God, my experiences of walking with Him, and also use His words to encourage and heal others. We are currently on a Bible in the Year challenge where we read through the entire Bible in 365 days, and I don't think you press play by chance, so I do hope that you stay tuned because God wants to talk to you. And this might be just what you need to hear today. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Floodcast. Today is day 96 of our Bible Your Challenge and I'm so glad that you joined us today. A couple of quick things to note before we dive right in. First of all, you can actually subscribe to this podcast. Mm-hmm. You do not have to miss out on any episode and you could get notified on daily updates since we'll be releasing episodes every single day. You get to receive um notifications on those episodes as soon as they go live. So you do not have to always go looking for this podcast for new episodes. This podcast will find you. I, I think that's awesome. Another thing I think it's quite awesome is that you get to share this episode with as many people as you like. So if you've never shared this episode before, I think um, this is a sign that you need to do so. I am pretty sure that you probably are going to learn a thing or two from this episode. And I feel like there are a couple of people in your life that would probably also need to listen to this as well. So it will be super great and awesome if you could share this to as many people as you can. And last but not the least, you can also leave a review. Uh I think that is really surprising if you um have anything that you think other people should know about this podcast it could be a positive review it could be a not so positive review anyways I'm super open to criticisms um if you have anything you think I should be working on with this podcast um any uh should I say improvements you know anything you I'm open to even good reviews. If you think this podcast is fantastic and I am doing a great job, please put that out there. It helps with the outreach. It helps with publicizing and it also helps with this podcast rating and I would appreciate it so much. So now that we've got that out of the way, we can dive right into today's readings. So today we begin our journey with the book of first samuel so we have first samuel and second samuel second samuel is a continuation of first samuel but we'll be starting with first samuel today and we see today the circumstances surrounding the birth of samuel one thing that i want to um say before i mean we're already diving in <laughs> the first thing i'd like to say is first of all sometimes there are some people that um ask the question so is god okay with polygamy because like we've been going through different parts of the old testament i've been seeing different cases and instances of polygamy we've been seeing righteous men we've been seeing good men we've been seeing godly and holy men um have more than one wife and then when we look at today's christianity we see that the church is against polygamy that the church pretty much doesn't allow a man more than one wife and so some people ask like why is that so if it was allowed then Why can it not be allowed now? The thing is that, first of all, I'd like to say that when Jesus said that a man will leave his family and cling to his wife and they will become one flesh, it was not a coincidence. He did not make a mistake. He did not stutter. He meant it. A man and a woman will become one flesh, not two fleshes, not five fleshes. (laughs) I don't know why I'm making a joke about this. Point is that the institution of marriage right, is for a man and a woman, right, and even going back to the beginning of times in Genesis, we saw Adam and Eve, so it is pretty clear that when God instituted marriage, it was meant for one man and one woman, anything outside that boundary, anything outside that institution, that law guarding the institution of marriage, anything, any sexual relationship outside that would definitely lead to problems and one thing i also said while we're beginning this journey is that sometimes the bible really doesn't state that certain things are sins or they're bad or they're evil but what the bible does is when we go further when we look at the context when we go further down into the story we see that certain actions have consequences even though it doesn't state immediately that this was a sin But we see the consequences of those actions that would make us believe that eh, it was actually a sin, you know. And that is exactly what happens with polygamy. So we've been going, as we said, we've been going through so many stories. We've seen Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, different good men that had um, polygamy marriage, polygamous marriage. But what we've also seen is the drama in the... hmm, toxic family environment that comes along with polygamy we see conflict jealousy envy greed deceit selfishness There's just it's just a lot and that is a way of the bible telling us that anything that has to do with polygamy if you want to if you want to dive into polygamy you can do it fine and good but be ready for whatever is going to come with that <laughs> so just uh that on the side today we see this polygamous family between elkanah a man from ephraim and his two wives penina and hannah so hannah was barren she had no child because the lord had made her so the bible uh kind of stated that the lord made her barren for some reason And then you have Penina who had children, always using that um, as a way to get to Hannah, to insult her, to ridicule her. So every time they would go up to Shiloh once a year, um, the same thing would repeat itself. Hannah would just be so sad that she wouldn't want to eat anything because she had no child. Um, If I've not mentioned this before, Shiloh was the main place where the Israelites would go up to to worship God. So you know how in the desert they had like the tent of meeting and the tabernacle right in the center of the encampment. That was where the sacrifices would be be offered and all the worship and everything. So when God told them that um, while they're heading to the promised land, when they get there, he's going to show them a location where they would go to worship him. And so that location is Shiloh. So anytime you hear Shiloh, Shiloh is like that central place where the tent of meeting was, where the tabernacle was. And basically, Shiloh was where they go to worship God and where the priests stayed to offer sacrifices to God. And so, um, like I was saying, every year this family would go up to Shiloh, but Hannah would be so downcast. And so one day she went there and she went to pray. And Eli saw her praying, thought she was drunk, but then she later explained herself and then Eli told her, um, may the Lord answer her prayer. And I think that was really powerful. I think, first of all, one thing I can take from this is that when we are going through hard times and when we are in need of help from somewhere, our first resort should be to go To God in prayer. Prayer is pretty much a weapon. I I read this somewhere that a prayerless Christian is a powerless Christian. And that is that is so true. That is powerful. Because I mean, what else is our strength other than God's strength? How else can we find help and encouragement when we need one other than with God? And so prayer is that contact that we have with God to tell Him our issues and our problems. And yes. God is never tired of listening to your problems. Sometimes I feel we make that mistake of thinking that God is tired of forgiving us. God is tired of hearing our sins. God is tired of hearing what we have to um, ask him for. No, I I don't think that's the case. God wants us to come to him in prayer. That is the whole essence of him dying for us so that we can have that closer communication with him. So I hope that your prayer life has not died. If it has, then... This is the wake-up call you need to restore it back to life. Um, go down on your knees. Pour your heart to God. You do not need any fancy words. You do not need any long three-hour prayer. You know, just tell God how you feel. Tell Him what's on your mind. And I think that's enough for Him. So anyways, Hannah prays to God. And she makes this vow to God that if God answers a prayer of a child, she would dedicate the child back to god and i think what just stood out to me so much from that is the fact that when god still gave hannah a child she fulfills her promise and gives that child back to god regardless of the age i mean i'm pretty sure someone was not even probably probably one okay i would say between one to two years old at max three someone was probably max three years old but hannah still fulfills her vow and her promise to god this was a woman that was barren most all of her life (laughs) all of her life she had not a single child and she asked god for a child and when he gave her she gave that child back to him she she didn't hold back another instance that is quite similar to this one is the instance with abraham and when god asked abraham to sacrifice his son isaac and abraham does not hold back even though isaac was his first son from Sarah. And I think this just speaks volumes about the fact that, first of all, we have to learn to honor our vows and our promises with God. Sometimes out of desperation, we make promises to God that we do not end up fulfilling. Sometimes because we think, or should I say, because we want to take God for granted. We feel like, you know, God will understand. Like, there is no way I could ever give this up. Like, God will definitely understand. And we will try to to make up for not fulfilling our vows. Probably offer Him something less or something else. The thing is that when we make our vows and our promises to God, we have to be 100% sure that if that happens, we should be willing and ready to fulfill them. Another thing I can take from this is the fact that mm, we have to also be careful that God's blessings in our lives, that the prayers that God answers in our lives do not end up becoming a curse. That the things that God gives us so that we can learn to trust Him more and build a closer relationship with Him do not end up being the thing that takes us farther from God, that takes us farther away from Him. Sometimes uh, our answered prayers would would make us believe that, I think I, I, I said this, please forgive me, sometimes I, I say that a lot, that I've said this before, but <laughs> I'm pretty sure, when I say I said this before, I'm pretty sure I've said this before, I've said this before that, <laughs> that, Sometimes when certain things happen to us, we, we are tempted to think that it's all our doing. It's all by our power. It's all by our strength. And we, we give God little of the praise. We give him little of the appreciation. So we have to be very careful that when God answers our prayers or when God blesses us, that those things do not draw us away from him. And then moving on to the story, we see the case of Eli. So, Eli was a high priest that year. He had two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, who had no business being priests except the fact that they were sons of Eli because they had no respect for God. They took sacrifices before they were offered to God and they slept with the woman right in the tent of meeting. I know I've seen this somewhere before, and yes, we have. There was one instance way, way um, before in our journey where we see that this man sleeps with a foreign woman in the tent of meeting. And coincidentally, a man also named Phinehas kind of strikes the two of them in the act. He strikes the two of them with a spear to the ground. That's how they died. And also, immediately he did that. The plague that was killing the Israelites stopped and ended. And God um recognized that act as an act of love because he he took what was an insult to God as an insult to himself, and he acted on it right by killing the people that were desecrating the tent of meeting. And also, surprisingly, the same thing also happens with Hofni and also Phinehas, the sons of Eli. They sleep with women in the tents of meeting. But the difference in this case was that Eli, who was supposed to be their father and also the high priest, so he had twice the responsibility of calling them to order and putting a stop to their activities. Well, he did not um, do that to the full extent, I'm pretty sure probably because it was their father, he was quite lenient with them and just gave them that little pep talk. (laughs) Always giving them the pep talk that he knew they would not listen to. And then at the end, God uses a prophet, an unnamed prophet, to curse Eli, his sons, and his family. And so God was pretty much like, you know what? Um, I'm just going to take, I'm just going to go ahead and take this priestly responsibility from your family since you guys don't even y'all don't even rate it i think another thing i just remembered is the fact that three days in a row now the bible has kind of given us instances where levites sinned so first of all we had that mercenary levite that was a priest for a price he led the household of Micai to worship an idol he also led the entire tribe of down to worship an idol as well and then we also read about the horrific story of this Levite and his concubine yesterday and how he pushed this woman out to be raped to death and today we're reading about Levites as well Eli and his two sons Hophni and Fidei who had no regard for God or his covenant and I think one thing the Bible is using this story is to tell us that Even in those times, even the Levites that were held to such a high standard, that were given such a high responsibility and also such a high grace to be that close in proximity to God, took it for granted. They they took that grace for granted. And so today we see where God just gets fed up and upset and angry and then he decides he tells them that he's going to take that priestly right from their family to another family in essence god told them that he is going to honor those who honor him and shame those who shame him so it's not going to be by a birthright anymore you don't get to serve god by a birthright anymore you get to do that because you deserve it because you honor and you respect him and i think that's just that's just so good i think this is another instance where we see that god is kind of opening up that invitation that call to this relationship and to this family to everyone else this is a step this is a baby step but then later on we'll see how this step kind of increases to a million steps because God kind of widens that um, closeness to him, to everyone else. So now, first of all, today, um, God is saying, you do not have to be a Levite to serve me as a priest anymore. I'm going to take that from your family and give it to another family. And then essentially, at at the end of Jesus's life, that invitation extends more saying you do not have to be a Jew to be saved anymore. You can be a Gentile, you can be an African, you can be Asian, you can be from any part of the world and still have the invite to be saved. And I think that is so important and so good to know. That is good news for me, that is not a Jew. It's probably good news for you, that is probably also not a Jew as well. So um that's all I have for today I think um in summary first thing I want to say is God hears and still answers prayers so if there's anything bothering you please don't be don't be scared number 1 don't be discouraged number 2 and be full of hope he said in today's readings that when Hannah prayed she went back to her family and she wasn't sad anymore. Meaning she probably had hope and faith that God had already answered her prayers even before she became pregnant. And so we have to have that same faith when we go to God. We can't just go to God in prayer like we don't expect anything to happen. We go to God in prayer in faith that he knows what we need and he is ready to answer our prayers and to help us. I hope God hears and answers whatever prayers that you're bringing before Him right now. And I hope He also hears and answers my prayer. Thank you so much for listening this far. Like I said at the beginning of this episode, please don't forget to share, leave a review, and subscribe if you haven't. And I'll see you guys tomorrow, same time, same place. Have an amazing day.